This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. Okay, Tov, Anthony, how are you? Okay, Tov, Hanukkah Sameach. I don't know how many of you saw um, a picture of um, the Israeli ambassador to the United Nations, Gilad Erdan. I'm sitting in the General Assembly of the United Nations and he held up a placard. With a telephone number. (laughs) Exactly, for a ceasefire (laughs) dial. And then he writes the telephone number and he writes there, ask for... Yahya Sinwar, <laughs> and he actually advertised Sinwar's personal phone number on that placard. Um, and um, apparently, Sinwar has received quite a lot of response to that um, phone call, that phone number being advertised uh, by Gilad Erdan. And um, in the press, it's called trolling Sinwar. Gilad Erdan trolled Sinwar, and apparently, in response to that, um, Hamas has published publicly Gilad Erdan's personal number in order to try and uh, to try to, to retaliate, um, which is kind of an interesting kind of tit for tat situation, and is a little bit of light relief in these very very heavy days that we find ourselves in. Thank um, you for that, Anthony. I needed to, that. Uh, yeah, needed that. sometimes we just need those. And I don't know exactly what the messages were that Sinwar received, but apparently there were there were a lot of them, and some of them were were, were pretty extreme. So, um, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say to you that I feel sorry for him or that any of what he might have received is unjustified, um, because I think that. Uh, it probably doesn't even come close to what could be justified, but it just made for a little bit of light humor and relief, you know, in the, at this time. Absolutely, and we really needed that, especially today. Yesterday, a particularly brutal day for uh, for the IDF. So uh, we had two. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us about the incidents? Well, the incident, well, the, spe- we, we, the specifically deadly one that happened. Yeah. Unfortunately, we had a significant incident that took place in Shijaya, uh, where the Golani Brigade were operating. And I mentioned to you yesterday that uh, some senior officers had been killed in the process of um, that incident. In all, there were 10 Golani soldiers and soldiers from the 669 Rescue Unit who were killed. What we understand is that they were conducting an operation. They were surprised um, by um, Hamas terrorists in that area um, and a number of soldiers were injured and then many others came along to try to help the injured soldiers and at that point some sort of an explosive device was thrown into the middle of uh, all of that happening as a result of which um, 10 soldiers were killed and uh, quite a number of others were injured in the process. Um, A very, very deadly incident, and uh, we hope that we can learn some lessons from that. It's very, very difficult to decide how we should uh, respond when colleagues have been injured. There is a a war zone all around, um, and the first response, uh, the first reaction that we normally see 
is for people to come and help and to get the injured soldiers out of that area. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, in the process of doing that, it lost um, the lives of a number of other soldiers. So that was um, a very, very sad time. And the funerals yesterday were, were extremely emotional and very, very sad. Many of the people who were lost were fathers and husbands and, of course, sons and, and grandsons. And, um, you know, one's heart really breaks for those families and for us as a nation because we feel the loss very, very personally, even if we don't know that person or their family. And even if they might live far away from us, it almost feels like a member of the family has been lost. And we all feel the deep um, sorrow and the deep mourning um, of the losses of these soldiers who are doing an incredible job for us. And I know I've said it so many times before. I just can't say it enough, to be honest. Um, the amount of motivation and the uh, the extent to which they just represent such a great example um, to us of people who are just so driven to do all that needs to be done to give the maximum um, that they can give the ultimate uh, investment and they give their lives if necessary in the protection of our country and in the, the safety of our people. I, I just can't say enough how much we should be grateful to them and how much we should value and, and, and respect the effort that's going on. The, the other little bit of bad news that we received yesterday was that two of the Gaza hostages have formally been declared as dead. Two more of the Gaza hostages have been declared dead. One, Tal Khaimi, was a member of Kibbutz Nir Yitzchak, uh, and he was uh, considered to be one of the found, member of the founding families of Kibbutz Nir Yitzchak. He was a third generation uh, living on that kibbutz, and his um, grandparents were founding members of the kibbutz. He's been missing since October the 7th. He was a member of the first response group that went out to respond to the events that were happening there. He leaves behind a wife and three children. And um, yesterday it was formally uh, advised that he's been declared dead. Um, in addition to that, um, Joshua Molel has also been declared dead. He was from Tanzania and he was an agricultural intern who was based on Kibbutz Nachal Oz. He came to do dairy farming from Tanzania and he'd only been on Kibbutz Nahal Oz for two weeks from Tanzania when that incident took place and he was kidnapped into Gaza. His family have now been advised that he is dead and his father apparently has taken the news extremely badly saying that um, he doesn't really believe, he doesn't know why they've declared that his son has been killed, on what basis he's coming to Israel apparently today in order to understand the situation a little bit more closely. But it all shows that amongst the kibbutzim, there's so many things that we don't know about. A Tanzanian agricultural intern who's come to Israel to learn about Israeli agric agricultural practices and to take that back to Tanzania. This is the way that Israel is able to influence uh, in a positive way things that are happening all over the world and who would have thought that a Tanzanian agricultural intern would have been caught up in that particular incident. So it just, again, shows how the ripples of this pond just go further and further and further and affect so many communities around the world, places that we would never have dreamed that people would be affected are being impacted by this. Yeah, it felt very close to home in a different way, Anthony, when I saw that. 
you know, I know a lot of Tanzanians and kind, gentle people. It just um, it affected me on a different level when I read that. Just really. Yeah, terrible. Israel's got a very Israel has a very positive and good relationship with Tanzania. I know that Tanzania is a great um, uh, tourist destination for many Israelis who who, who like to travel there. And of course, uh, we're now discovering the fact that Tanzanians travel to Israel and come here to um, learn about our agriculture and come here to um, do um, tours um, of religious sites. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Israel's relationship with Tanzania is great, and they sh- there's no reason why that relationship shouldn't extend towards other parts of Africa. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show how influential sometimes these uh, relationships can be. Absolutely. Anthony, just before I get to ask you about the government postponing a vote about Palestinians being allowed to work back in Israel, um, what is, I mean, it's a time of Hanukkah. Normally this time of the year we would be talking to you about what's the, you know, the sights and sound of Hanukkah and what flavor suvganiyot and, uh, you know, jam donuts are available. Um, so I actually don't want to not talk about that. What is mm. the, what is the sentiment in Israel? What is the feeling? Give us a sense of that. Well, um, the, the mood is very flat as one would expect. Um, so many of our men and women are in reserve duty right now and we've got tremendous concern about their safety. Um, they are going out there and they're fighting a very, very dangerous battle for us. And so the mood um, feels flat, but the, the Chanukiot are being lit everywhere. And the most pride that we derive is when we see clips from Chanukiot being lit, lit by our soldiers in Gaza. I can tell you that I had a personal um, uh, a clip of um, members of the family who are in Gaza at the moment, and I had a clip from their um, a commanding officer who sent to the, the parents um, a video showing their unit lighting a Hanukkah in Gaza in the mm. middle of the night in darkness because you can, can't see anything, purposefully not showing the faces of any of the soldiers, but hearing the singing of Maus Tzur, um and uh, um, and so that's the ba- that's the biggest um, pleasure that we derive is when we see our soldiers being able to light the Hanukkiot in Gaza um, and not a few of them it's a very very uh, widespread thing everybody makes sure to try to keep to the traditions and of course um, the local um, the biggest donut manufacturer in Israel created this fancy looking caravan and has taken the caravan all around the country wherever they could go filled with donuts in order to give to the soldiers on the borders wherever they happen to be in the north and in the south to keep them fed and to keep them eating traditional food on Hanukkah just to make sure that they can also share in um, some of the celebrations of the Chag to the extent that we're able to to celebrate it but of course um, our intent our attention has been diverted um, to the events of the war in the north, in the south, in Janine, where there's been a major operation ongoing now for the last 40-odd hours. Many, many terrorists have been killed there. A major, major IDF operation in Janine involving drones and aircraft and soldiers on the ground. Um, So um, these are things that haven't happened for a long time. There was a huge airdrop. Seven tons of uh, supply services were dropped into Gaza three days ago. It's the first time 
that such a drop of supplies has been carried out by the IDF since the second Gaza war in 2006. So this is a big event because the news coming out of Gaza is that they are short of food and basic necessities. Unfortunately, nobody has the right to just go into Gaza in order to resupply. And the, the Air Force created a, put together a huge operation in order to drop seven tons of supplies to keep our soldiers fed and to keep them dry from the rain and to give them changes of clothing and, of course, to give them the, the weaponry that they need in order to continue their battle. So interesting, you know, when one looks at the plight of the Palestinians in Gaza and you compare that to the Palestinians of the West Bank, where there was recently a poll done or some research done, I think, on 1,271 Palestinians. And they found, uh, understand that it was done by a Palestinian, a Palestinian organization. Um, and research can be skewed depending on who's doing it. Um, but they found that there is a 74% increase in support for Hamas. And I just think, are you not seeing what's happening in Gaza? You know, yeah, I mean, and that really goes to the story about that. Really goes to the story about whether we're allowing workers from from the Palestinian Authority area to return to Israel. It was one of the things that we wanted to talk about. Yes. And there was supposed to be a government vote earlier this week, which was postponed because the Prime Minister understood that he doesn't have the support of the cabinet to return workers from the, the Palestinian Authority area. Forget about Gaza for a moment. We're talking about workers from the Palestinian Authority area who since um, the Chagim have not returned to work in Israel because over the Chagim there was a closure implemented which has never really been reopened due to the war breaking out. And even now, there is significant opposition across the board to allowing those workers who have really no direct link with what's going on in Gaza and yet we see the sentiment of support for Gaza across the Palestinian Authority area, it's hardly surprising that the, the country in general is very circumspect about what those uh, Palestinian Authority uh, residents think and how they would respond to us and why we should or we should not allow them to return to work in Israel. Of course, we need the employee, we need employees to come and do work and the economic uh, sharing is certainly something which could potentially lead to a more lasting peace. But right now, I think the, the, the feeling is just too circumspect and, and too suspicious about exactly what that might mean for our safety. Yeah. Anthony, that is where we leave you. Thank you so much for your reporting, for taking us really as diaspora community inside Israel and really it's, um, I know that it has been incredibly difficult for you and it is all the more appreciated. And I know that I'm speaking for all of us who listen to you every morning. So thank you very, very much. Wish you a Chag Chanukah Sameach for the last night of Chanukah tonight and Shabbat Shalom. God bless. That's Anthony Racha, Israel correspondent. Up next, we've got news, and I do apologize that it is late. That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Israel.